Pilate went out outside again. I'm bringing him out to you, he told them, to let you know I don't find him guilty of anything. Jesus came outside wearing the crown of thorns and the purple cloak. Look at the man, Pilate said to them. We've heard you, Pontius Pilate. Some of us here have been looking at the man since Ash Wednesday. Our eyes can hardly take much more looking at him. Pilate says a similar thing to look at the man. A little later he says, look at your king. Pilate didn't go to see Jesus crucified, but he just as well could have stood there by the cross and said the same thing. Look at the man, your king. Pilate didn't know Jesus' purpose, but we know. The cross is why God is man. This is why the eternal second person of the triune God has taken human flesh. Look at the man on the cross, bleeding, gasping, suffering, dying. Look at his hands, which the night before were washing his disciples' feet. Now they're pinned with nails to the rough crossbeam of this wooden instrument of execution. Behold the hands that scooped Adam out of the dirt, but are now stained with blood and dirt. Behold the fingers with which he touched people with highly communicable diseases, stuck them into the ears of a deaf man, touched the eyes of the blind and rubbed his spit mixed with dirt on them, and picked up bread to declare it to be his body. Now his fingers move uncontrollably every time he has to pull himself up on the nails through his wrists to take a breath. But this is why God has hands. Look at the man. Behold his skin that's been scourged with Roman instruments of torture skillfully designed to damage the skin and inflict the greatest suffering on the one being beaten. Behold the skin of his back, which he must now scrape up and down on the cross as he struggles to breathe. But this is why God has skin. Behold the knees, skinned and bruised from falling under the weight of the cross, the weight of the cross he was forced to carry out to this place of the skull. But this is why God has legs. Look at the man. Behold his feet nailed to the cross, bearing his weight as he dies. Behold the feet that walked from town to town as he taught his disciples, healed the sick, and preached the good news of man's release from captivity to sin and death. Behold the feet that Mary anointed with a pound of expensive perfumed oil, washed with her tears and wiped with her hair. Behold the feet that are now bound in place and must endure stabbing pain as they push up on the nail, pinning them there. Behold his heel, which in this act of dying is crushing the head of the devil, destroying the kingdom of Satan, answering for mankind's sinful rebellion. But this is why God has feet. Look at the man. Behold his head with blood flowing from each place one of the thorns on his mock crown has pressed through his skin. 
Behold the head that should rightly be crowned with majesty and glory surpassing every earthly king's crown. Behold the head over which has been hung the sign listing the charge that brought his death sentence. Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. But this is why God has a head. Look at the man. Behold his face, which has fresh swelling and bruising from the punch dealt first by the high priest's officer and later by the soldiers, jeering at him to prophesy, tell us, who is it that struck you? Behold his eyes, which in the beginning looked at all he had made, seeing that it was very good. Behold the eyes that looked with mercy and compassion on the crowds, on his disciples, on the sick. Behold his lips, which spoke words of forgiveness and absolution, but are now dry and cracked from a deeper thirst than you and I will ever know. Behold his face in agony. But this is why God has a face. Look at the man whose lungs slowly fill with water, the lungs that breathe the, life, the breath of life into Adam's nostrils, the lungs that in this hanging posture cannot exhale without the man pulling his whole body up on the nails to try and open his airway. These lungs expel one final breath as he cries, It is finished. But this is why God has lungs. Look at the man with bones, which remain unbroken throughout this torturous ordeal. Behold the reason every sacrifice, every Passover lamb, every bull for the whole burnt offering, every scapegoat, every ram, every turtle dove had to be healthy and intact, with no broken bones or damage, a perfect specimen of its kind. Behold the soldiers who, with their clubs, shatter the legs of each of the thieves crucified with Jesus, but refrain from doing the same to Jesus. This is why God has bones. Look at the man. Behold his side, into which the soldier thrust his spear, causing blood and water to come out, confirming that he is truly and completely dead. His heart has stopped. No more electrical activity in the brain. Behold the deep sleep of death that has come upon this man on the sixth day of the week. Behold the water and blood from the side of the crucified man that God will fashion into his bride, the church, and give her to him when he awakes. Behold the side of the man which disbelieving Thomas will be invited to put his hand into. But this is why God has a side. Look at the man. Behold his blood, which pours from his lifeless body, staining the wooden beams of the cross, spilling onto the dirt, reddening the soil, watering his creation. Behold the blood that he first shed when he was an eight-year-old or eight-day-old boy, undergoing the sign by which all Jewish boys were made Israelites. Behold the blood for which the crowd thirsted and, ironically, asked for exactly what they needed. His blood be on us and on our children. 
That's from Matthew 27, verse 25. Behold the blood that was foreshadowed on every day of atonement when the blood of the sacrifice was splattered on the mercy seat, on the altar, and on the people. Behold the blood he gave to his disciples in the cup the night before, telling them what it's for. Shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Behold the blood that proves that this God was also truly and fully man, a brother in blood to us sinners. This is the blood by which this eternal high priest enters once for all into the most holy place, giving you and me access to a holy God. This is why God has blood. This is no accident, nor is it a tragedy. Jesus himself says, No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. John 10, verse 18. This is why God is man. Not just to teach you and me how to be a good person. Not just to show you the right way to live. Not just to set a perfect example for us to try and follow. Not only to impart his wise teaching as the world would have it. God is man so that he can die for us. He has a life so that he can lay it down in exchange for yours and mine. Look at this man. Look at your king. Amen.